Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Today we finally caught up with the better half of Vancouver's golf industry power couple, Director of Golf at Shaughnessy Golf Country Club, Mrs. Ashley Zibrick. We were fortunate enough to sit down with Ashley at the historic club, host of the 2021 Canadian Women's Open. And we discussed how special that is for the club and the members to be part of the event and to be continuously recognized as one of the few tour-worthy courses in Western Canada. Ashley details her journey to her current position and what it takes for young professionals to get to the top. We also chat about growing the game by creating a more inclusive environment and what that might look like. We also get into the nitty-gritty on who wins the regular Zibrick match between her and her husband Dave, head professional at Point Grey Golf Country Club, and what life is like balancing family and club life among two golf professionals. This is a really fun chat with an amazing woman, so without further ado, Ashley Zibrick. Welcome to the 4Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 4Jack Podcast, Canada's number one golf podcast. Very special occasion today, special place with a special person. Um, Just an honor to be sitting where we are. But uh, before we talk too much about where we are, we're just going to pass it over to our main man, Mr. Parkinson, to give us a bit of a bit of a guide on where we are and who we're sitting with today. I get the intro tonight. So yeah, we're really excited uh, on tonight's show. We're excited to be live on location, Shaughnessy Golf Club, with a very special guest. Not only is she one of the top female players in Canada, the more important half of Vancouver's private club professional power couple, and all around, she checks every box when it comes to growing awareness inclusiveness, and sustainability around the game. Director of Golf at Shaughnessy Golf and Country Club, please welcome to the show, Ashley Zibrick. Thank you so much, guys. It's nice to have you out to the club. Yeah, thanks for having us. What a treat. I just walked in, I looked at looked at Parks, and I went, this has a very, like, Fairmonty vibe. <laughs> just like as soon as you come through the gates, you kind of feel like you're somewhere else, for sure. I felt like I was on holidays. For sure. I'm like, just get me my sticks and let's go. Yeah, we've been hitting balls in McCleary, so this is a little bit different of a drive-in <laughs> than, uh, than the old Muni track. But yeah, again, thanks for having us out. It's, it's going to be a fun night. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to just kind of dive right into, you know, we were talking off air about the season so far. I mean, it seems like everywhere is doing very well with golf, but, you know, a lot of places especially outside of BC, the private clubs has not been doing so well with COVID and everything and golf just in general, but you're saying that you guys are skyrocketing and it just, it's so nice to hear that a, you know, a high end private club like this is still thriving in these times. For sure. We are really, really lucky. We reopened, um, April 27th and we came up with a bang. Um, we had record rounds all season. So we saw about a 29% increase for all of 2020, 40% increase in member play. And uh, this fall and winter is is just crazy to see all the different members coming out in super cold conditions, rainy days. Like these are diehard uh, golfers now. And uh, even in February, we're seeing 170 people on the tee sheet. Uh, it's been great though. Our range is packed. Lessons are through the roof. And uh, even in our golf shop, we saw a 10% increase in 2020. So pretty, pretty cool to see golf exploding. It's amazing that nobody has anywhere to go. So they're actually battling the elements to play golf. And it's funny, I got to ask, 
Are you guys in a bubble out here at Shaughnessy? Because we saw some weather today in Vancouver that we were absolutely crippled by because it was pouring snow down. And we were thinking, oh, God, the city's shutting down. And we messaged you, and you're like, no, no, blue skies, we're good. We are in a bubble. So I commute from North Vancouver, and often I leave my house, and it's it's raining. And by the time I get to Shaughnessy, it's sunny, blue sky. So we do have a bit of the Tawasin sunny vibe out here. And uh, it's great. It's great for our members. They always give us a call every morning to check out the weather because they know it's different. They know it's looking pretty good out here. Oh, my God. I remember those phone calls. Uh, when is it raining? Do you know if it's going to rain? Oh, my God. Do you know when the rain's going to yeah, end? Yeah, do you know? Golf pro slash weather person. Yeah, That's of course. Right. Meteorologist slash golf professional. We got that. Okay. You, you become an absolute brilliant liar after years <laughs> and years. When, when do you think the frost is going to go? Uh, yeah. Frost watch says about 28 minutes. Crystal so. ball here. Let me check this. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Real quick. Part of the job. Now, you guys have a huge year, not just for the membership and everyone. Well, I mean, obviously, it's just the membership since there's no public play, but a very big year coming up in the summer with the CN coming. Why don't you kind of just talk us through that process? It, it's not a normal year for that. So there's a little more you know, rules and regulations, the protocol that goes along with it, and just talk about the excitement that, you know, comes along with hosting an event. Yeah, we're we're optimistic. We're, we are still hosting the CP Women's Open, CP, uh, August 23rd to 29th. It's on the schedule. We are crossing our fingers. Our membership is thrilled uh, to have the LPGA Tour coming to our club to showcase our course. Uh, we just cross our fingers that everything goes okay with vaccines and the pandemic and and it doesn't get uh, postponed again but as of right now we are hosting the event and really really excited about it yeah i got a bag in the event so i really <laughs> i really hope it does come we'll see to be determined we're just hoping with fans right i mean f if if we can get as many people out here and make it the biggest canadian women's open we've you've ever seen that would be the goal for our club just to showcase our golf course and not everyone has a chance to come see how good it is out here. And our membership is so proud of this place. Uh, so we're really, really hoping that it happens with lots of people. I really think too, that it's going to resonate more so from the fan base, like you said, making it big because golf is so on everyone's radar right now. And this is like such a great, obviously it's a great facility to have access to, but it's such a great sort of setting for a big professional event with fans. So and it could be it, crazy. It's a championship golf course. Like when we hosted uh, in 2005 and 2011 um, to see scores minus four and minus five winning a PGA Tour event, uh, we're so curious what kind of scores we'll see with the LPGA Tour players. And uh, at Magna, we were lucky enough to, to go take a look at how they ran the event and I mean they saw crazy crazy low numbers and I just don't think you'll see that at Shaughnessy when they when they come but we'll see yeah I think you know we're Parks and I were talking about that on the way over and you say those scores I mean minus four minus three you know Sean Hare, Sean O'Hare won that in like the peak of his early career I mean this is a guy that was supposed to be the guy and I remember watching both the 2005 and 2011 being like, man, that is tight. Like it, it, this golf course just has that. I mean, a lot of courses in the Vancouver area have that feeling of just like so treed in that you're almost claustrophobic. And I mean, especially with the LPGA now with 
their talent level, they're they're so straight. They're so dead on. It will be interesting to see how they play here, depending on the tees and whatnot. But gosh, like it's gonna be exciting. But the thing that I want to know more is like, how does I guess with the COVID life that we're living in here, the LPGA is very international as is. So like their tour is going to bounce around regardless of what's going on. But how does that work now for these athletes coming into Canada? Did they are they quarantining before they come? Do they need to be vaccinated? What what are your own local rules? That's the big question, I think. So we'll wait to hear from Golf Canada and go from there. It's tough because I guess, yeah, it'll be interesting to know if they're traveling as a bubble and if that's like the LPGA charters a flight up here and they protect all the players and all the caddies and and how that's going to work or if it's going to be their individualized travel and and how the quarantining works and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to kind of be a mess, I guess. I just hope by then things will be a little bit more normal and the borders open. That would be nice. That would be really nice. Nice to get out of Canada. A little bit of normalcy. (laughs) <laughs> so Ashley before we get into poking fun at your husband let's t- let's dive all the way back to young Ashley Zibrick and your introduction to golf intro to golf so all the men in my family played golf uh, my brother's a very very good golfer he's still to this day a plus two uh, my dad is a very good golfer he's about a five uh, but the man who got us all into it was my grandpa um, his name was Barry McKenzie and uh, he was a member at Beach Grove, so a course in the Lower Mainland for over 40 years, but yeah. played on 13 Willingdon Cup teams, and wow. um, he was entered into the Manitoba Hall of Fame. So he got everybody into golf, my uncles and uh, my cousins, but I was the only girl who who played. I, I loved sports. I played everything and uh, just kind of started playing golf with the fam come from that pedigree I guess so you had no excuse you had to get out there and compete kind of forced into it yeah with with the family and to be honest didn't love it at first so I didn't take it up till about 12 but I played so many other sports um, that golf wasn't my first love but then as I saw improvement and decided to enter a few tournaments and get competitive that's when I was hooked Um, and I ended up playing college golf at Boise State University. And uh, after that, I joined the PGA of Canada and never looked back. I love how people always say, yeah, golf was my first sport, but yet they're in this great role. They've had a great playing career. They've done so many good things for the game of golf, but it was like, yeah, whatever. It's just golf, just the game. Maybe that's where we missed out. Should have taken it less seriously at the start and just enjoyed it more. Shouldn't have been uh, swatting seeds at 11 o'clock at night trying to hit the range picker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> trying to do something else with my time. But you, you're that's a great example of kind of you brought up going to college there. I've always been a big proponent of, to anybody that I know that has kids, especially has girls, I always tell them, I'm like, you know what, if you really want to give your girl a great opportunity at a great education, if there's one sport to push, push golf. Because, like, that is such a... It's an area that's not being tapped into, especially from the Canadian market. And it's like, man, you can get something really good out of it if you're a decent player. And you'll always grow. You play college golf, I'm sure your your playing abilities grew tenfold in that time. For sure. I mean, the opportunity for girls is huge with Title IX in the States. And um, I think even in our PGA of Canada, 3% of us are female professionals so 
the more the merrier for for girls get out there and, and try to play. I loved every minute of it because you travel to all these beautiful places, all these different states that you never would have had a chance to go to. You're with a team, so team environment. Um, even though there is an individual component, you, you still have that team aspect. And being a, a sports fan, that's what I loved about, about college golf. Mm-hmm. I mean, it must have been such a great experience too. Like you said, being a co- like a sports fan to go down to an American college, a big American college, yeah, with that. big football. College yeah, the surf turf. We had the blue field yeah. at Boise State. <laughs> what do you think the initiative that needs to happen in Canada to grow the awareness around the female side and and try and create that draw or attraction to get more females involved, not only in golf but like at the professional ranks because. There's not a lot of women, and not to be like generally profiling, but there's not a lot of women that are okay with or not intimidated by taking lessons from a male golf professional and things like that. And I, I definitely see it as an untapped market. So what kind of initiatives do you think need to be championed to improve that process? It's slowly happening. I think golf is evolving and more and more organizations are taking a look at how can we be more inclusive and they're looking at diversity and uh, I think making things more fun to start is huge I mean social and fun really gravitates towards women especially beginner golfers Um, so just make it fun come out and if you have a glass of wine after great if you play three holes and hit and giggle and but you made some friends uh, maybe they'll come back and play six holes next time and then that will go to nine and then by the time you make it to your first 18, you're you're excited. I, I think you couldn't have honestly teed me up for a better segue at yeah. that moment. Um, <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. I was dying to get in there. We were talking off air about Matt Janella and some guys talking about making the game more inclusive and just kind of opening up other avenues to get people involved in the game. The three-hole loop, the six-hole loop, short courses, that is, it, it has to be the future of the game Our as pe- of right now. Yeah, our PGA of BC was lucky enough to have Matt Janella uh, speak at our spring seminar this morning, and he was brilliant. Um, he spoke a lot about short courses, and not everybody has time to play 18 holes. Not everybody can afford to play an expensive golf course. So if we can start people small, um, just getting them into the game with, with six holes or nine holes, um, that's great. That's that's enough for some people, and Maybe that's all they have time for after their day of work or with their son or daughter. Um, We have to be open to new ideas. Golf doesn't have to look the same Mm -hmm. for the next hundred years. And there's a lot of creative minds in the industry right now. And it's really cool to see things start evolving. I think it's really cool because of social media. And sometimes people look at it as a good thing or look at it as cancer. But it's really given every facet of golf a look behind the curtain from manufacturing to the guys on tour to we had chris trot from TaylorMade, the tour truck he's doing amazing things with TaylorMade on instagram it's just cool that now it's becoming this almost socially acceptable non sort of stuffy environment to fee- for people to be engaged with and, and like you said yeah let's let's just continue to make it fun and, and try and you know create that excitement but not constrain people to wearing you know, X, X, Y, Z for clothing or having to be committed to four or five or six hour rounds. God only knows when you get out behind those slow members. Right. So I agree with that. 
why don't we look at what you guys are doing this year to try and, you know, create that excitement and, and develop more sort of playing opportunities for your members and, and bringing some more attraction to the club? The pandemic for sure uh, plays a bit of a role in what we can offer for our experiences. So normally we love to have um, a guest instructor out to Shaughnessy, maybe one or two a season. And we had big plans to bring in uh, a number of them last year, but we had to cancel due to the pandemic. But um, two years ago, we had Gabriel Hirstead come in and he did a special clinic with some of our members on short game. Um, he went to Point Grey and Capilano as well. So a few of uh, my fellow professionals in uh, the Lower Mainland teamed up and brought him up. But it was really, really cool to spend a half a day with a group of members and the other half of the day with a different group and hear from a two-time PGA Tour winner um, all his teaching philosophies on short game. And we like to bring those type of outside experiences to the club um, we definitely have a lot of pride in our events here at Shaughnessy. There's lots of tradition and history to all of our events. Uh, so all winter we've been planning what kinds of things we can do different for this season. Um, but unfortunately right now we are a little bit restricted to who we can bring to the club at the moment. Yeah, that is unfortunate. I mean, and to kind of tie that up there, I mean, Making it more exciting for your members, but also you're still a golfer as well. And you still want to be a part of that inclusive nature, just even within your members and outside. And it, it, it does put you in a funny little spot. You know, you want to bring in a guest instructor. That's amazing. But like, that's actually what should happen if you have a club like this. I mean, that's what people want to see. Yeah. Thanks to David Woods. He's kind of been running with the ball on that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but how hard is it for you? trying to implement things that could be outside of the norm within a club like this? Like, is it like you're a bit of a stick in the mud almost where you're like, I really want to try things like this, but it, you feel, do you feel limited at times when you try new things like that? No, I think we have a really open membership. And um, I think the cool thing about this place is we, we can try anything and uh, our members will support us. So if there's something that we believe in, and something we think that they can they can get value out of and it's going to give them a good experience, maybe make them better at golf, maybe make them enjoy golf more. We also had um, Pia Nielsen and Lynn Marriott um, probably Brilliant. five years ago working on mental game with our members. And um, it was a two-day program at Shaughnessy, so that made them better. So it was actually a really easy sell. Listening to them is incredible. When you like listen to their philosophies on the game, you're like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. Like, just make less bogeys, right? Okay. How do you do? Like, how do you do that? But it just like this weird little mindset that they kind of describe, and you're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that's probably a better way of looking at that, isn't it? Do they have a listening to them in in life? They yeah. they make you a good person. I mean, read their books. They are they are the nicest people you'll ever meet. And they actually, like, they want to make you a better golfer, but you end up leaving their coaching programs as a better person, hands down. Incredible. It's nice to, <laughs> you, I, you're looking at me, I know you want to throw, like, a three-putt jab at me, right, or something? No, Do no. Do they have a three-putt fixation book I should be reading? 
Is that what you're thinking? I was putting on the weekend. I might be joining those ranks. This oh, year. don't say that. It's, don't it's coming. Say that at all. I don't like that. Until the new wand shows up, that's uh, it. Might be in the books right? this year. Always, uh, yes. Always What's on in, order? Always new equipment. I don't know yet. Haven't decided. Undecided. I, I've had the same putter for a long time, and I'm a little old faithful. It's not even faithful. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> just stuck old, in my bag. Yeah, it's old just and old. Beat up. Yeah. Time for a replacement. Yeah, it's time for a rebuild. Ashley, you're. Are you playing much competitive golf these days, or, or what's your uh, playing schedule look like? Yeah, Dave and I have always been the type of professionals that we will always play golf. So the reason we turned pro is because we love golf. So we will never be professionals that don't play golf. Um, I, play as, I play in as many tournaments our PGABC offers, um, and... Last year, again, was a little bit of a struggle with the pandemic. A lot of our events were canceled, but most of the time I play all the lower mainland um, events, provincial events. Uh, we have a women's championship every year. Um, everything locally. I mean, we don't travel to many events other than pro-ams. So right. we're, we do take members to uh, Maui. Typically, we've gone the past nine years, and uh, I was lucky enough to take a team to a Pebble Beach pro-am. So... I love golf. I want to play golf for the rest of my life, and I'll never be a pro that, that doesn't play golf. I actually hate that comment um, that it's now called the PGA of Canada, but when it was called, people would refer to it as CPGA, can't play golf anymore. That <laughs> irritates me because it's a choice. So you can choose to play golf or you can choose not to play golf, and, and we have a, a bit of an unwritten rule. Well, no, we have a, a verbal rule with our professional staff that like you get out there, play golf with the members, and um, this year we're actually scheduling for it. So everyone will be on rotation. Like there'll be pros playing on Wednesday, there'll be pros playing every Saturday morning, and that's our job. Our job is to be present and visible and out on course with the members. So my goal is to see my team. I'm nine of them, um, including myself. We want to play. A million rounds of golf with our members this year that might be the greatest I, thing I, i've ever heard yeah club i'm just looking at you and you have this awestruck look and i'm looking at it, i'm like oh I'm man like, my I face used, looks like that too yeah i'm like i used to not be told to play till after like what one. was that mentality back <laughs> in the day so yeah you alluded to it can't play golf anymore but you know what i can fold t-shirts probably better and faster than most people out there my age so that's a skill set I've earned. That's important. That's important for the golf shop. I guess so. I, I I definitely agree with you though. I think it's it's super important to to have that optic to have your 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 team out on the golf course engaged with your members, making sure that they're looked after. They have every resource available from like, hey, what what am I doing wrong? Maybe I need a lesson. Maybe I need some coaching on the mental side of the game. Maybe I need equipment. Maybe I need a fitting. Maybe I just shouldn't be playing golf. I should be playing tennis, right? Something for sure. Like that. We have. Eight tennis courts. Um, no, but <laughs> that's where that you option. build your relationships, right, with people and you get to know them. And we have a 1,000 golfing members here at the club. So, wow. I mean, I don't know all 1,000. I sure would love to know and, and will strive to get to know as many as I can on a deeper level. But when you're on the course, that's where you, you build your relationship with your member and you can get feedback on what they'd like to see at the club. And that's feedback that we want. We want to be better. 
And uh, so that's that's huge. Honest for feedback our team. too, though, right? It's yeah, not like sure. protected because they're in front of people. They're saying something. It's yep. like this is real for sure. So that's that's that personal time. The on course dirt. <laughs> yeah, the on course <laughs> the on course shit talk. I love it. They're probably more comfortable to give <laughs> yeah, it to you there exactly. than your office too, right? Okay, where are we going next here? I guess we can ask the question. Although I wanted to stay away from this, I did allude to it in the in the uh, intro. You are one half, probably 75% of that half of Vancouver's elite private club power co- power couple. Talk to us about your relationship with your husband on the professional side of the world and how competitive you guys are with each other, being at different clubs and being professional golfers. Who's up in the cash? <laughs> yeah. That's what he's actually you know what? alluding to. <laughs> Dave... Dave beats me on the golf course more than I beat him, but uh, so I'll be honest there. But he does uh, more he housework, does. obviously, <laughs> right? More dishes. But no, I think it's really great that we can bounce ideas off each other. We can run things by each other, com- make comparisons. Uh, it's pretty unique that our clubs are under three kilometers away from one another. We're, we're kind of direct competitors in a way, um, but I think it's just normal for us as well. So we get that question often, and we don't know any different. Um, we've always been in this industry together mm-hmm. and kind of worked our way to our positions together. Uh, so probably without him, I, I wouldn't be here. Like, we've pushed each other along the way in different ways. We're we're different pros in a lot of ways, and then we have similar thinking and, and goals and passions for sure. So as a young professional coming up in the world, wanting to gain a little insight into what it takes to really be a leader in your field or your industry, you've got a lot of great resources. You've had a great partnership. What do you think some of those fundamental values are? If you were going to give some advice to a young professional coming up, how would, you, how would you suggest they establish themselves and what should they pay attention to to become a professional that's worthy of a position like yourself or, or your husband? For me, it's work hard. Uh, that's number one. Surround yourself with like-minded people. We've been really, really lucky, both Dave and I, to have great mentors and networked with so many people we respect. And golf, in a way, is just a family Uh, So if you're nicer than people expect, uh, they genuinely want to do nice things for you to help you elevate your game in this business. Um, Just never stop learning. I mean, I think both Dave and I were we're involved. We're, We're always involved and we're always signing up for the seminars and listening to podcasts and there's only one. You know, yeah. like four Jack. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Thanks, Ashley. No, but just be be a really strong part of your association. Show up at the events. Show up at, at everything you can to get your name out there. Tell people who you are. Tell people what your goals are. And it's it's really cool how many people will go to bat for you and, and help you reach your goals. I got to give you a little kudos here, Chris, because... You have a tendency to repeat this same thing over and over and over. It's a brand. You're a brand. Golf is a brand. Professional golfers are a brand. And what I think the young professionals don't realize early on, and I didn't, you're creating and you're laying the the foundation for your brand. And yes, you know, you're trying to establish rapport with people and things like that. But 
like your brand will carry on forever and you, maybe your professional status or your playing career or whatever won't, but your brand will maintain past your days of being professional. So it's a really good point. I love that you, you've kind of touched on that. It's super important to, to work hard, be engaged, be relevant, be innovative, be unique, but just be there, well, right? be accessible. And to piggyback on that, on that line there, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can talk about PGA professionals becoming a brand like, PJ touring pros, it's but like business, right? Yeah. The, the so teaching pros and the club pros, I mean, you're creating a brand, but you're also creating a brand in an industry that doesn't matter how many golf courses there are. It is this big. Everyone knows everyone. Like it is such a tight industry that like you have to maintain that. And it, it's an, it's refreshing to hear you say that you and Dave go out there and it's like, Hey, we're going to beat everything. We're going to show our faces. We're going to do this. We're going to try and help others. We're going to try and expose what we are looking for. And to see if what kind of feedback we get off that, that's like really opening up to help not just your brand, but also, yeah, the brand and the image and what, not just yourself, the club as well, that you're open suggestion. This is rare. This is case in point though, how small the golfing world is because I met Dave way back in the, in the desert in California, like didn't know each other from a hole in the wall and sort of loosely stayed in contact throughout the years, but now fortunate to have him on the podcast. Now we're sitting with his wife, having her on the podcast. Like, it's weird how everything kind of comes full circle, but in golf, it's been strange throughout my life, and I'm sure you can attest to this, and I'm sure you can too, Ashley, but it's weird how golf is this strange sort of all-encompassing sort of energy, vibe, Beacon of light. Yeah, but it's like it's it's. I don't. I want to quote something cheesy from Matt Janelle. I can't remember the way he said it, so I won't even bother. But it's weird because this is a crazy, crazy sort of space to be in that is ever connected, no matter what facet of life, business, work, whatever you're in. There's always people that know somebody within the confines of golf, and it's crazy how that's all sort of interwoven. So, yeah, yeah. everybody knows everybody, and that's the best part about the business is the people. Yeah. It's a family, like you said. It's a lifestyle, it's the people, and it doesn't feel like a job some days, right? Because you're surrounded by all these amazing friends. That's the best way to put it, is it doesn't feel like a job. When when I made the decision to leave the industry, I sat there and went, like, I I wanted to cry. I was like, I can't believe I'm leaving this. Like, you're at your club. Like, I grew up, I worked at the club I grew up at, and it was like, wow, like, this is like my family I'm leaving. Like, this is a very difficult choice. Like, there's so many days you're standing there at work. You're like, I'd rather be here than a lot of places, actually. Like, I don't even mind being here. They cook for me upstairs. Like, this is fine. Why was it always so easy to get up and drive to the golf course at 4 in the morning to open? But you had to get up for work at 8. And you're like, oh, God, I might die. Dude, I can't that, wake up. That 4.30 coffee tasted real nice. Yeah, the sun's, sun's coming, coming up. up. Yeah. Smell the mowers. Like, oh, this is perfect. Sitting in traffic, going to the grind of the office, you're like, oh, my God, please, lightning, strike my car. <laughs> I can't take this. Well, I mean, talking about nice views at 4.30 in the morning, let's kind of talk back at a little bit of the beginning of your career when you first started here. Like, let's talk about that opening. Yeah, a little intimidating. Sunday morning coffee. A little breathtaking. You're, you're looking out at the sea, and you're going, wow. Like, Am I really here? Yeah. It's so good. I mean, like I said before, you come through the gates, you park your car, the moment you open your door, it sounds so cheesy, but you hear the birds chirping and it's it's like the Shaughnessy birds, like you know the sounds. And uh, you roll up to the shop, you open it up, it's quiet. You can see the sunrise coming up. It's perfect. Um, I mean, it's so beautiful. 
looking uh, between our ninth and 10th hole um, over the Fraser River. And I mean, we've really cleared a ton of trees on the back nine. So you can see the water uh, so much more. And um, just like big firs and cedars and hemlocks. I mean, the size of the trees and the smell of the grass. It's, It's just a golfer's dream, this place. It's so good. Our gardens are unbelievable. I think we have the biggest tulips you've ever seen. I don't know how our gardener does it. It's just amazing. This needs to be part of the tour. Now. I want to see like dolphins jumping through like rainbows <laughs> right? and like all the animals so come gather around, sing you a song in the morning. We might have to come out and start filming the through the gardens. Just do a little piece of us I don't know walking if we, through. We might not make it through the parking lot. Those birds that chase us out here. Something probably will. Especially when I come into my sweatpants and my hoodie trying to sneak <laughs> in through the front gates. Yeah, and the eagles. We have we have eagles all the time, coyotes. I mean, it's... Um, it's nature. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, let's ask a hard question. Balancing life as a professional or balancing life as a mother? Give us a little insight into that experience. How do you guys manage being two full-time golf professionals? We tag team nicely. We have a pretty tidy calendar for planning things out have to i assume and uh i think we do have the work hard play hard mentality so when i'm at work i am go 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 try to be as efficient as i can with my time and as soon as i get home like i am the mom that's like okay are we going skating are we going skiing are we going to the park are we going for a bike ride are we hopping on the scooter um like it's full go and uh my son is a busy guy, so he loves it. And I think it's just, it's giving all of your attention and being as present as possible every day. Um, I mean, do you want to make a choice to look at your screen time and, and dedicate three hours to scrolling on Instagram? Or do you want to be in the moment? And it's amazing what you can complete in one day. Yeah, engage with your son for sure. Here, here's an even harder question. What club is he going to spend more time at? That's a tough summer? one. I know. The farm uh, or out at Shag. Uh, we're going to let him decide. I mean, okay. we were we did a family trip to his golf course, which is Seymour Creek Driving Range. Uh, we hit that up on the weekend and played some mini golf, hit some balls. Nice. Uh, he left crying because he couldn't have a popsicle in February. Um, but other than that, it was a win. <laughs> I forgot that Dave said that his course. It's Seymour. his course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's his golf course. It's my course. Yeah. I'm a dad. I love it. I don't want to go to your No, course. it just works. I mean, it's tough. You have some busy days, but I think because we both understand the business that we can support each other. So if he has an event and it's going to be a 14-hour day, then cool. It's going to be Mom and Jordan Day and uh, vice versa for Dave. They'll have Boys Day. We're super lucky we have all of our family in the lower mainland. So we're just a little bit strategic on when our grandparents, when his grandparents uh, see him. And I mean, our parents are awesome and they want to see their grandson all the time. So we'll we'll just say like, okay, how about July 12th? And uh, how about August 13th? Cause we know it's like club championship or some big event. Uh, So we're really, really lucky. He's got great daycare and we have great family. Nice to have support around for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially when you, because like, I'm new to the city where it's like dealing with the drive time here, it does come down to proper planning. You can't just be like, oh, I'll swing around. 
it's like it might be a while that you're you know doing this little commute like you need to plan this properly and have this down to a t yeah especially north van like you you can't i mean maybe now because covid's gonna reduce the traffic traffic congestion way better but like i can imagine you guys if there was ever like oh god i gotta run to the club it's like see on tuesday for sure we i mean i usually come to work really early so i can get here in about 25 minutes um, it's, not bad. it's the way home that is is longer but again you get used to it and sometimes I do a lot of my phone calls in the car with reps or um, with my team and you just you just make it work and we don't know anything different if you if you love something and you're passionate about your job you just make it work I think this is like the story for <laughs> anyone getting into the business like just like you, if you love it do it like I think that that might be the ultimate message to any young golf pro coming up. It's like, hey, man, you just or girl, you need to stick with this because like it is a grind. There are moments where you go, especially in the early years, where you're like, oh, OK, I have just enough for rent. Uh, I need to buy some food. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going out this weekend. I, I will need some beer money. Yeah. And it's like I will have eight dollars left. And but I love this. I want to. I want to pursue this. There's a starting point and then you work your way up. I mean, when I started at Shaughnessy, Scott Dixon hired me and I was an eight month contract and fast forward. And if you told me I was going to be the director of golf at Shaughnessy, I mean, it's my dream job. So you never know where life will take you. Who's to say you can't do it though. And yeah, totally Chris. I remember those days you're like, God, but, I mean, it comes down to where you're working and who you're working for. And I think a lot of people don't really ask the hard questions before they get the job. They're just so excited to have a job. But it's like, yeah, you got to find that culture that, you know, embraces you. Or, or maybe you want to be a part of, so you're going to, you know, be this person or shift your thought process, personality, whatever, to kind of fit into that that culture. And, and I think that's super important. I think we should play a little uh, What's in the Bag with with Ashley. Go for it. Ready for a little rapid fire 10? I'm ready. All right. 10 questions. No specific order. I'm going off the top tonight. I don't have my sheet in front of me. I love it. It's always rapid fire, but not so rapid. So, Ashley, first question, rapid fire 10. What's in the bag? What are you playing for clubs these days? TaylorMade, head to toe. So, Team Zibrick is Team TaylorMade. (laughs) And we absolutely love the brand, the people, and uh, we're, we're pretty lucky to be to be a part of it. Actually, we're both on the TaylorMade Advisory Council. Um, so I'm pretty excited about my new Sim 2 driver that I just unpacked uh, the other day. And Fancy box, the hat, the whole thing. We did, yeah. yeah. Awesome. How well, is it? Awesome. Have you hit it yet? Awesome. I want one. We're trying, to, we're trying to work with Lance on some things, so shout out to uh, Lance. We're sitting here with Ashley. Maybe she'll put in a good word. Yeah, we even got the premium... We have TP5s on the range. So Sick. Lance uh, Lance came through, and we have premium range balls on the on the driving range nice these days. Nice guy, that Lance Antonaco. I am a big fan of that. That uh, sounds nice. Okay. Second question on the rapid fire 10. What kind of ball are you playing right now? TP. That's TP5. it? TP5. Is that too easy? Too easy. You just Taylor led made. me into that one. I know. It was easy. For like a noodle or something, like just somebody throws a curveball here. I know she's <laughs> gonna say like uh, the Kirkland, Dunlop. the Kirkland ball is really nice these days. 
Ashley, are you an outfit girl? Are you superstitious the way you dress? You got to match the top, the bottom, the shoes, Matching the for sure. Yeah? Yeah, everything has to match. I see you're wearing G4, so... I'll pick my outfit before a tournament and know what I'm wearing for sure. Nice, I like it. Okay. Any lucky outfits? There's always got to be a couple that just, they feel good. You know, you play Anything well superstitious? Maybe a ball marker with the outfit? Oh, man. Just, like, always one long tee, one short tee, and my ball marker... Girls' pants tend to be a little tighter than guys' pants, so you don't want to have too many things in your pocket, and that's that's usually the, the go-to. That's it. I love it. What's your warm-up routine on the range look like? Are you a couple drivers straight to the first tee? Do you like to work it slow through the wedges? Are you methodical with anything specific? It, it changes. So just based on how much time you have, it's, it's hilarious now. Sometimes you're straight to the tee, uh, no warm-up at all. Trunk and, slab. Uh, Tournaments, it's always like, yeah, wedges lead you up to, I always finish with driver okay. and then um, putting green will always be last on the list. Hit a few putts. What do you like to work through on the putting green? Any kind of specific? It's the best part of my game. So I've always been a good putter um, and relied on my putting and my short game. So it's more just getting a feel for the greens. I'm, I'm not a very analytical person. I'm a feel golfer. So for me, it's just loosening up and making sure I can make contact <laughs> before I head out to the tee. I, I was really hoping you were just going to say, I pack my pockets and grab a white claw and go straight to the tee. <laughs> Good to go. All right. Question number five. What's your go-to at the turn? Are you a couple beers and a cigar? Are you a hot dog? Are you a protein bar? Depends on Depends on the foursome. I guess. Depends yeah. on the people. Um, if you're if you're with a social group, it depends on where you are, too. Where, where am I playing? If it's... Um, Bandon Dunes with friends, it's going to look a lot different than Shaughnessy with members. True enough, yeah. Definitely. I'll take the carrot water and the uh, <laughs> low-fat <laughs> banana bread. Yeah. No butter. That's blasphemy. Yeah, you exactly. Banana bread without butter. Question number six. Your absolute favorite golf course. Give us maybe one in Canada and one outside of Canada. Oh, man, I've been lucky enough to play some great places. Um I have to say Pebble is probably... It's okay. I've heard of it. Yeah. My, my favorite place, golf, golf destination, hands down, is Bandon. I've been there three times, and I absolutely love everything about it. Um, but Pebble was so cool because I, I went in March. It was a bluebird day. Oh, um, you got weather. Oh, it was good weather, and I, I played well, and it was just one of those... Perfect, perfect golf experiences. You look forward to every hole because you know all the holes before you play. Of course. Mm -hmm. And um, in Canada, I would say Shaughnessy. I know yeah. that sounds really ridiculous. Oh, I didn't but want that Homer answer. <laughs> I was going to say off the top. It was like, like the TP5 no ball question. It sounds right ridiculous, there. but I love this place. It's just so good, and it's so frustrating because it's so hard. Mm -hmm. um, God, it's hard to play here. But it's hey, you get a lot of opportunity to play, so you got no excuses. You should be out there. Knowing all the nooks and crannies. Well, she's booked around for the, the whole season already. She's yeah, got yeah, it in the yeah. schedule. So it's in the I schedule. Mean, <laughs> she's strategic. I really like it. Okay. The cliche question we always have to ask. This is question number seven, I believe, of the rapid fire 10, not so rapid. The ultimate dream foursome, dead or alive, who would you play with? Can't say Dave. Can't say Dave. He even said me. I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I I'm just kidding. To that. You can say Dave. I'm just bugging you. Uh, Rory. Annika Sorensen. Okay. And I would say Dave, but you said I can't say Dave. 
Let's get rid of Dave just for this. Let's one. get rid of Dave. If I got rid of Dave, I'd probably Dave and Jordan have a have a guy's day. Yeah. They're playing his course. I'd probably go. Everyone says Tiger, but gosh, I guess I'd go. I would probably go Phil yeah. over Tiger. I think that's a wow. much better answer. You'd have really? some chatter, at least. Okay. Phil might, or Tiger might be silent the whole time. Yeah. True enough. I'm going to switch questions here. Hole in one. How many and where? I've had two, but Dave says my second one doesn't count because it was at Ambleside um, Pitch and Putt, which is a par three, but it was all 18 Doesn't holes. Matter. Matt Janella would, would give Dave a lot of trouble yards. for that. Come on. No, I've had uh, one down in Boise in a qualifying round. Um, nine iron, one hop right in the cup, but Still it was right. terrible because it was on a Friday night, and <laughs> the men's team and the women's team was having qualifying rounds, so that was expensive for oh, a college player with no money. <laughs> I'm just going to dip into the parking lot and grab my wallet. <laughs> See ya. Just yeah. ring it up. I'll be right back. I'll be right. Never. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right. Best score on or off the golf course? 68 uh, is my best score, so nothing too crazy. Um, I'm kind pretty of, low. But I was pretty stoked I shot 68 in the final round of our 2018 Women's Championship. And it was at Point Grey. It was right after I had my son. So that was pretty cool. And you uh, won, did you not? I won, yeah. Yes. So I wasn't leading going into the second round. I was playing with AJ Ethorn and uh, Kyla Inaba, which was an awesome group. Yeah, and, that's, a, um, that's a powerhouse group. Major flex. I've shot 68 a couple of times um, down in Las Vegas. I played the Vegas Baby a few times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Have you really? Awesome. Yeah. That's a fun event. Great event. Yeah. Sideways. <laughs> Smooths. We could tell stories. Um <laughs> I won't even I won't even go there. Do you want me to cap it off? Well, yeah, maybe ask ask the uh the final question of the evening. Okay. I have like a bit of a two parter here. I usually ask the one, but I think this where we're sitting, this would be an interesting question. Let's say you're commissioner for the day. For not only golf in general, worldwide, but also Shaughnessy. This is the two part. <laughs> Let's start with Shaughnessy. If you could change one thing about golf in general at Shaughnessy, what would you change? And then for golf around the world, what would you change? Dun, dun, dun. Ooh, you can't a- say embedded ball either. That's a Patrick Reed joke. Yeah, we don't need that one. If I could change one thing at Shaughnessy, it would just be that every member that comes to the golf club leaves happier than they arrived. God, that's a great answer. That's a democratic answer. And I yes. love it. Switzerland. God, that's very nice. <laughs> I feel at home just hearing that. <laughs> very political. <laughs> yeah. Now golf in general, let's take you outside of the front gates. You know, what do you want to change to the game that you think is important on the male, the female, whatever side of the game that needs to be focused? Is on? it the distance thing? No. No, no. Uh, for me, I guess because I'm a female, um, just getting rid of the the stigma of female golf professional. And um, like, do you say you go to the female uh, chiropractor, or do you go th- to your 
your female physiotherapists and your female dentists. Um, yeah, I just want to be a pro in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I would love for all the young women and girls who maybe enter the industry to just be seen as a golfer and a pro and maybe just get rid of get rid of that part, the division of that yeah. part. I mean, I get it that people don't mean anything by it. It's unintentional. Um, but I would love to see people be people and golfers be golfers and maybe get away from the male-female thing. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I don't... I hate the stigma, like, it, and that stigma always sticks. It doesn't matter where you go in the world. It's like, oh, it's golf's an old man sport. It's like, no, man. Like, there's a lot of girls I know that play that will beat the crap out of me, and it's anyone enjoys it. Anyone that gets into this game, I always notice, especially in like your early 30s, when you see anyone whoever joins the game now, they're like, God, I really actually enjoy this game. Like, I, I you know, I hated it my whole life, and now I've I've got the bug. And it's like. Yeah, open it up, man. Like, wait till you see, like, whether it being me joining or, you know, say a new new girlfriend joins the game. It's like, yeah, of course you're going to love the game. It's for everyone. It's meant for everyone. Like, just get out and play. Yeah, it'd be cool to see it grow. Exactly, yeah. yeah I, I appreciate that. It doesn't have to be divided. And it's funny that you say, like, I would never... S- <laughs> I would never say I'm. Yeah, I'm going to my female dentist today. It just <laughs> sounds so ridiculous, right? I mean, so yeah, there we go. Let's start that initiative. Yeah, that's, it, that's it, our takeaway from today. It's still. I mean, when I received my promotion at the club, that was a big thing from from the radio station or global news, or they would say, "Oh, first female director of golf." Um, but it's really cool at the club. Like nobody sees me like that. They just see me as the pro. Um, and I was really proud of um, – it makes me feel proud to be a pro here because the members have never made me feel any any different. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's important to be – again, it's that culture, right? That's kind of the standard here. That's that's a lot different than most places. There is there is no division, and you got to appreciate the embracing and, and just – everything that comes with that. And, and you're an amazing person and getting to know you over this, you know, past 45 minutes or whatever is just giving a little insight into, into why it's such a special place and why you have an amazing team and why I'm sure you'll have lasting success in whatever you do. You have a great, you know, outlook on life and you have a great mindset. And I think you have all the, all the right values and, and you take all the right boxes to, to carry the torch. So congratulations. Thank you so much. No, and thank you, Ashley, for having us out here. And this was such an honor to kind of jump into such a historic club and sit down with you and kind of chat before we see some professional golf north of the border this year. Yes, yeah. hope so. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. Let's hope. Yeah. And we didn't have to wear masks. This is even nicer. So good. We're in a big enough room. Yeah, we we're sitting 35 meters <laughs> apart, so don't worry about it. We got the full I can barely see, see the other two, but yeah, it's all good. We're COVID safely I'm using distanced. my Bushnell to there look at you guys. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. There you go. Shout out Bushnell. No kidding. Well, Ashley, once again, thank you again for having us out here. We appreciate it, and we cannot wait to come back out when uh, we can watch them. Got to get you out there on the And course. take some Zibrick money. Yeah, that's really what I'm hoping. Dave's should have work. a match. Dave's every month. Yeah, absolutely. Four jack against the Zibricks? 100%. How many shots? We get sugar. I'm getting right? strokes. We get yeah. sugar, right? We get sugar. <laughs> couple Let's of, do it. Let's make it happen. Couple of sides. All right. I like it. Amazing. Thanks Perfect. again for having us out. Thank you. Been awesome. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And we will chat with you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.